everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education. What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Belil Springer. For your industry, by your industry. According to Gavin Hoare, global guest speaker and salon general manager at Richard Ward Hair and Metro Spa, 78% of your clients are walking out of your salon due to an attitude of indifference. They think you simply don't care. There will always be someone able to match the technical abilities of most stylists, but building and maintaining relationships is at the heart of all thriving salons. And as your business grows, it may become harder to communicate your vision to your team and customers, but... If you do it successfully, not only will it help your team move with you in the right direction, but it'll also help turn clients into fans and ambassadors of your business. Clients come to you for an experience. With staff who live, eat, and breathe your culture to rely on, you can help them understand what your salon stands for and the service standards to be delivered. But building that type of winning culture is only half the job. Keeping it alive is the other 50%. You can't just sit there in your bedroom and decide, okay, I want team esteem. I want all my staff to enjoy working together, to trust each other. I want them to trust me and then go into the salon the next day and say, right, guys, we're going to have team esteem. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did, but it clearly doesn't. What do you actually want out of your business? What do you want to achieve? What is the vision? For me, success has always been about growing people. And I was finding that I wasn't being able to develop a team the way that I wanted to be able to develop them. Team Esteem works on that. It's all about feeling good about being part of a team. They have to trust, respect and appreciate each other. This week on the show, I'm pleased to welcome salon owner, coach, and author Kelly Shaw. With a strong passion for the well-being and spa industry and over 25 years experience at all levels of business, her dedication and drive has seen her grow to spa director for some of the world's most exclusive resorts in Thailand, Malaysia, and the Caribbean, as well as senior educator for Dermalogica and the International Dermal Institute. On a more local level, Kelly's the founder of Hampshire's multi-award winning boutique salon, K-Spa, where she's spent the past 12 years focusing focusing on creating her own unique style of salon and experience. So Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on Forest FM. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we've been talking through email for a little while now, so it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Excited to be here. I have to say, first of all, congratulations on uh, the writing and launch release of your book. Um, that was all done through the pandemic. You were you kept busy. Yes, definitely. And uh, I don't think with how long it took and, and I don't think I naively didn't real, realize what went into writing a book. I don't think it would have happened without the pandemic. So that's one thing that I am grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your book is titled How to Make Your Salon Work So You Don't Have To. How did you find the experience of writing that? I'm assuming that, you know, you drew a lot of that from your own experience, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you know, the title's a bit tongue in cheek, you know, because uh, I guess that was the big dream to have a business that worked without me in it. And Mm -hmm. uh, sort of seven years in, I realized that, well, this wasn't the business that I had. Um, I had a lot of problems that most salon owners struggle with. I had issues with staff. 
Um, I wasn't making as much money as I wanted to. And just generally, the business didn't really, it wasn't fulfilling me. I wasn't happy. Um, so I sort of went on a journey of self-discovery and sort of looked at what I could do to make my business work the way I wanted it to. And um the fundamental need for me was that it needed to work when I wasn't there. And sort of the book is um, a bit of a journey of what I went through, all of the things that I learned about myself, about how to be a good leader, um, how to grow a team, how to get the most out of a team and to make sure that my salon then fulfilled all the needs that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And to set the tone for our listeners, um, if you'll allow it, I was going to read just a short excerpt of uh, chapter one because I thought it just really, I feel like it resonates with a lot of people who uh, start a business in general, obviously mm -hmm. even more so in the salon industry, yeah. but also just as an entrepreneurial uh, you know, journey. So here it goes. If you're reading this book, then I'll make an educated guess that something isn't quite right with your salon. You could be experiencing anything from a little frustration with your staff to a full blown fear about whether you can keep the doors open. It's possible you're questioning your motivation because you're living with the constant feeling of it's too hard or this is not what I signed up for when I opened. You may even be wondering why didn't anyone warn me it was going to be like this. The truth is many salon owners don't want to admit that the reality is far cry from their original dream. Why do they feel the need to hide the truth? Why do they feel the need to hide the truth? Did you feel the need to hide the truth? Um, definitely. And sometimes I think we don't actually know what truth it is we're looking for. Um, I think it's got worse over the years with social media, you know, mm -hmm. everybody looking like I've got the perfect business and everybody posting about this, that and the other and how amazing it is. But most of the salon owners that I work for, and I include myself in that before I went on this journey, I just wasn't happy. Uh, it was just it, it was just constant. It was constant struggles with staff. Either I couldn't find them or they weren't the right people or they didn't do what I wanted them to do. Um, you know, I wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. And I just thought I, it was just me. Um, and the more and I don't know why we tend to have this fear of actually expressing that, you know, there's actually a lot of other people in the same boat as you. And I, when I started sort of sharing that with other people, you know, you'd meet at a summit, for example, many a time I'd be at the forest summit and we'd be sat there and you'd be having lunch with a group of other owners. And as soon as one, one person said, I'm really struggling with this at the moment. That was it. Everybody was like, oh my God, me too. I thought it was just me. So I think we're a little bit scared and maybe embarrassed um, that we thought it would be easy, but it's not. But, you know, there's help out there. And with a few tweaks and with, with a bit of understanding, then you can definitely get the business that you always dreamed of. I mean, I'm testament to that now. Yeah. Something that I was wondering, you said a few things there about you you weren't feeling fulfilled, you weren't making the money you wanted to, you had staff problems. What what essential kind of like fundamental human need for yourself was not being met? Like what what were you looking for? What was missing for you? Um I think for me it was that feeling of I guess maybe success, but not in a sort of arrogant way. Mm. For me, success has always been about growing people. Um, and I I was finding that I wasn't 
being able to develop a team the way that I wanted to be able to develop them. Um, I was there stuck doing the day to day. And that isn't why I wanted a business. I didn't want to be in a salon and be tied down firefighting every single minute because I was trying to do everything. Um, And I think most salon owners would probably agree that we can have this control thing that goes on and we're a little (laughs) bit scared to let go of a lot of the things. And that was a big learning process for me that it for me to get to where I wanted to be I had to one learn how to let go I had to learn about myself and then what I could do to help to grow and um, my team so that's what sort of was the big thing for me and to get that fulfillment of actually seeing my team grow and take over the running of the business and actually grow the business for me Um, that's what fulfilled me and that's what that book was all about my journey to get to there yeah and before we decided to record this and we were talking about how this journey you started on it in I think you said like early 2018 I believe yeah probably um it sort of came about um with the whole concept was that I realized that I had work to do and um actually came into contact with a business coach who introduced a few of the concepts that we, um, that we, well, I look at in the book Mm. and um, he introduced me to some of these things and what I could do to actually help to develop myself and my team. And then we worked together on developing them so that they could become, I guess, like a suite of tools that anybody could use. Um, And I, obviously had to put it all into practice and make sure that it worked. Um, And that's what, um, that's what we did over those sort of um, 18 months is actually get through that journey of being able to, to, to create a a team that it was able to do what I needed them to do. Yeah. I'd like to deep dive into uh, one of your book's chapters um, because it's, it's interesting. You said, you know, to develop that set of tools, it's like, you know, when, when, for instance, for me, I I deal with anxiety and like, I'll have a a toolbox to, you know, go into and like, oh, I'm dealing with this situation. This is how I'm feeling. Right. I need this little tool. And I feel like your book is essentially kind of like that, you know, toolbox really that you can even just like go chapter by chapter based on what's going on in the day to day and refer back to it every now and again. Um, In particular, chapter six, I thought was really, really interesting because I felt it it felt very visual to me. Um, you introduced a concept called the team is team. And I kind of saw it as a ladder in mm-hmm. some way, but I was wondering if you could maybe explain what it is and how you came to discover it, uh, I guess, just to start off with. Yeah. So the whole concept of team esteem was one of the um, concepts that my business coach introduced me to. Um, and then we sort of looked at it in a bit more depth and, and looked at growing it. And I guess if you think about it a little bit like self-esteem in its most Mm -hmm. basic form is it's to feel good about yourself. Um, And team esteem works on that same concept that it's all about feeling good about being part of a team. And it's a bit of common sense, really, if you think about it, because 
if you've got a group of people who enjoy and feel good about working together, then they're going to provide a much better customer experience. They're going to be a lot more productive um, than a team that doesn't enjoy working together. And they also become a joy to manage as well. So team esteem is a really, it's a logical and sort of worthwhile concept. Um, But most of us, and I'd say me included at the beginning, we just don't understand how to put it all together. Mm -hmm. I guess when you say like managing a group of people, like obviously you have different types of um, let's call them players <laughs> or, you know, different st- styles of team members. Um, if you think about, you know, the, the overachievers, the ones that you don't necessarily have to like manage, well, I suppose micromanage, they'll do mm-hmm. and go beyond the expectations always just because that's how they're wired. Then yeah. you'll have like the people that you have to, I suppose, guide a bit more and, but they'll still be like, you know, lovely people who achieve a lot and you know mm-hmm. do very well but you they just need a bit more guidance i suppose and then you may maybe have some of those like people who might as well be very lovely people but just don't fit in the team how do you see all of those different styles of people fit in um the concept of team esteem so when we look at the concept of team esteem there's sort of four main parts to it and what you've touched on with um, the different types of people that sort of shows up in some of the different steps so if I look at the first step of team esteem if you like that first rung on that ladder Mm -hmm. this is where it's all it's just a job to that person and this could be some of the C people that you've just talked about Um, basically for this person they don't have any passion or commitment and they they don't, I guess in a way you could say they don't get any emotional satisfaction from their job. Right. They just turn up, they do their job, um, they won't do anything extra, um, they, they'll do that and then they'll go home. They're, they're getting their emotional satisfaction from their personal life, whether it be their family, a hobby, you know, it could just be shopping, who knows. But basically, they come to work for you as a means to earn a living so that they can live their life away from work. And you'll know if you've got those people within your team, because they won't do anything extra for you. Um, and it's our job as a leader of our our business to take people because most people will start at step one they're not going to come in loving you loving your business and having you know major passion you've got to sort of work (laughs) at that most people will come in at step one and the big part of it is that we then need to move them through this emotional um process to get them to team esteem and how does that work like you mentioned steps to team esteem and that was the first step what would be the second step i'm assuming it has to do with emotion because of that emotional like glue and getting someone to buy yes. into a vision and all that so when you've got somebody on step one where it's just a job um to get beyond step one then you need to create this emotional security for them um and this is the most important important part of team esteem step two is the most important but also the hardest this is where 
it can all go wrong. If you get it right, you'll have a fantastic team, you'll know about it and everything will work swimmingly. But if you get it wrong, you will constantly be firefighting and it's like playing a game of whack-a-mole. You're just going to be just constantly doing something and then you take a few steps back. So for, for step two, how you get people onto step two, there's uh, three fundamental tools for um, getting to step two. And these are trust, respect, and appreciation. Right. And it all starts with you as the salon owner. You're the leader of your business. So you have to behave in a way that your staff can trust, respect, and appreciate. Um, because it's only when that happens that you'll start on this journey of um, emotional security and team esteem. And a lot of salon owners often say to me, well, no, the staff have to prove that I can trust them. Mm. Unfortunately, no, you have to trust first. And a lot of the time, it's us as a salon owner that gets in the way of this emotional security happening. Um, and I know that's what happened for me. I was completely getting in the way of this emotional security um, because I wasn't behaving in a way that my team could maybe trust, respect and appreciate. And um, there's like a big, there's, there's a set of questions. I think it's on page 80 of the book um, that it's in the middle of this chapter, to be fair. And there's a yeah. set of questions in there that you can look at to actually see whether you are causing any of the issues that might be happening. And, and if you're getting in the way of team esteem actually happening. And some of the ones that stood out for me personally that were like, oh, my God, this is definitely me was, you know, and it's. You know, I shouldn't feel guilty or embarrassed about reading it out because I'm sure many of the listeners will be able to put themselves in their place. But <laughs> one of them was, how guilty are you of having favourites amongst your staff? Mm. And it's like, well, this is a big one because the ones that do everything right are working with me, that are a joy to work with maybe I treat them a little bit different than the ones that are a pain and that I'm having trouble with. And, you know, so I'm not having, you know, that sense of trust and that evenness between the whole of the team. Right. Um, how guilty are you of talking about people behind their backs and not in a horrible, you know, way, gossipy way, but moaning because so-and-so has just phoned in sick for the seventh time this month or, you know, those little things, that has an effect on a team that I wasn't even aware of. I hadn't even thought of, really. Um, and the biggest one for me was being, was, um, are you guilty of being inconsistent or unfair with praise and discipline? And the big one for me of that was praise. I, I completely took my good staff for granted. Mm. I didn't actually tell people when they were doing a good job. I just expected that they knew because I was spending so much time concentrating on the ones that were causing me problems that I actually let a lot of good people fall through the cracks and they left the business because they weren't getting what they needed. They weren't getting that um, 
emotional glue, if you like. They were I wasn't giving them the employment experience that I'd promised because I was too busy worrying about the ones that I call my hyacinths, that are the ones that get in the way, you know, like we spoke about those people that maybe aren't a great fit for your business. So you really need to look at starting with you and making sure that your staff can trust, respect and appreciate you. Um, They need to appreciate what you do as well, that, you know, you're the part you play in their success and in your career development, in their career development, sorry. Um, And once you're able to get that trust, that respect and that appreciation from your team, then, or once you're doing that for your team, your team then will do that for you. They will start to trust you and they will start to appreciate what it is that you do for them. Um, They will respect you for your values, for your consistency, if you're not having favourites and you're not, you know, praising (laughs) some and not others. If you've got all of this, this is when that all starts to come and they start to feel like they belong. But bring those bad habits back in and you'll threaten everything so step two you know it's it's a tricky one you've got to be constantly aware and constantly making sure that you're working on it at all times and once you've got once you trust them and they trust you the biggest part of it is then they have to trust respect and appreciate each other Mm -hmm. that is key because if you can achieve that, if you can get them to trust, respect, they, they trust each other, that, you know, they work together as a team, they respect each other's contribution and what they provide and what they bring to the table, and they appreciate what each other does for them. If you can achieve that, and this is the bit that really takes the time, then that's where your team esteem really comes from. You'll end up with a group of people that really enjoy working with each other. And then you can move forward throughout this ladder. Before we move on to the next ladder step, mm-hmm. uh, I suppose, what happens if like you say, like if, if you let those bad habits come back in, um, you jeopardize the emotional security that you've built up. It's It's easy to let bad habits and especially you know if you've you're not making a a super conscious effort like an extra conscious effort to like think about it right what happens if there is like a breach in that emotional security like how how bad can it get like do you start all the way back from the bottom or like how can you build that trust up again so I mean one of the things that sort of comes through how you get to that place where you're building that trust because you can't just sit there in your bedroom and decide okay I want team esteem yeah I want all my staff to enjoy working together to trust each other I want them to trust me and then go into the salon the next day and say right guys we're gonna have team esteem this is what I want for the business it doesn't work that way I wish it did but it clearly doesn't so (laughs) as as a leader you have to create that vision and get their collaboration. And this is what takes the time. So you 
you sit them down and you say to them, guys, this is the direction that I want to go in. I think this is going to be amazing for us as a team. You have the vision, whether it be, you know, you don't need to say I've got a team esteem vision, but it's the vision for the whole business. You know, do you include people? That's one of the questions. You know, are you a, a business owner like I used to be that kept everything to themselves and didn't share anything with the team? If you want them to belong, they need to feel a part of what it is that you're trying to achieve. Um, right. the, the whole basis of team esteem is is based on like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and what human beings need, um, you know, for connection and it's trust. You know, it is respect, and and we've sort of tweaked it a little bit to to create the team esteem. So. If you sit there and explain to the team, you know, this is my vision. This is what I, I would, this is where I'm working for. Um, this is where I see us going. This is what it would mean for you. This is how it would look. This is how I would love you to be a part of it. Um, this is how, this is what it's going to mean for us as a team. And then look at, well, this is how we're going to need to organize ourselves and, I think this is, you know, this is how we're going to need to behave towards each other. So how do we make this happen? And mm -hmm. what will happen is that you'll start collaborating and lots of what you need will already be there. I mean, it's probably sat right under your nose. I mean, you know, about 50, 60% of the salon owners that I work with, when we start working through Team Esteem, they've actually got it right there. They just don't know how to use it and how to put it all together. So you sit with your team, you give them this overview, this picture, that's, this is what's going on. That's your job as the leader. And what we do now is, right, so in order for us to get there, what do we need to focus on? And the first thing you focus on is anything that's broken, anything that's not working right, anything that they're unhappy with. And as a team, you come up with a solution. Um, and it's a process that can take a while. But what will happen is you'll collaborate, you'll fix it, you'll tweak it and test it. And then it goes into like a little Bible of like, this is how we do stuff around here. And it becomes yeah. part of your team culture. And then you get on with the next one. And this is how you build that trust, that respect and appreciation between the team. Because everybody yeah. feels valued, everybody feels listened to, and they feel like their contribution has actually made a difference. And then they actually see the difference it makes to their working environment that, well, actually, we, you know, I don't know, one of the things that we did when we first started looking at this, and I found the whole concept very strange, and I was a bit nervous <laughs> about bringing it in, and I was like, oh God, they're going to think this is all a bit strange. And I shared the vision with the team that look, you know, we're an all service salon at the moment, but my passion is skin. And I, it's all about education. And I love the fact that a lot of you have really grown with your facial treatments. We're looking at more advanced treatments. And I really would love to move us towards a more advanced skin clinic and drop away from some of the more beauty treatments like your spray tanning and your things that aren't making me any money and they're more of a hassle than they're worth. Yeah. And you had those members of the team were like, this is amazing. This is what I want. And we went on this journey together. 
And then I had others like, well, I love doing spray tans. Mm. And it's like, okay, so these are my hyacinths because they're actually now undermining me and they're getting in the way of my goal. My team cohesively can't move in this direction because I've got somebody at the back just putting in their little two cents. And it's not to say they're not lovely people, really lovely people, but they don't fit in um, with where your business is going or the vision that you have. And they actually can jeopardize some of that team esteem. Right. And if you're in that environment where you're trying to build that trust and respect and you're going through these processes and you've got somebody that keeps bringing it down or knocking, that's where it, you you stagnate and that team esteem can't happen. Um, but put them to the side. Once you start working in this way and collaborating, you get this sort of momentum. And once you've started working on, you know, three, four, five little issues, the whole team get behind it and they just run with it. And mm -hmm. they become, suddenly the whole place is working better. Everybody's sort of collaborating more they're trusting more, they're coming up with ideas. And I'm just there to sort of give a nugget of energy or, you know, say this is somewhere that we could, you know, work towards, but they're actually doing it all. The whole trust, respect and appreciation, it comes out of the process of working together. And yeah. if they work together, they find that they can get that experience but it's up to you as the leader to provide that experience yeah and provide that like sense of security really that safe exactly. like that safe space to be able to express what, exactly you know, what's going on and that's what it's all about and then that's when like you say what happens if bad habits come in or a hyacinth then you know to be fair um the hyacinth can be the salon owner the business owner mm. I mean I've had it with myself if I've had stuff going on and then all of a sudden I might get into one of my bad habits might come back that I'm not sharing as much and I've got it all going on in my head but I haven't shared it and so people don't know where they are or where we're going or what's the plan then I've gone back a little bit and it's like right no but as soon as I share that collaboration with them because you've been so used to working in this way, you haven't ruined everything that you're back at step one. You've just had a little bit of a knock. But those hyacinths, what you'll see is when you start going through this process, the majority of your team will jump on board naturally. It's just what we do as human beings. We get that connection and we come, become part of that collaboration. And bit by bit they will just go through this process naturally but you will get some that just don't they just don't agree with it they um will just come up with blocks all the time you know you see black they see white mm -hmm. you say it's nighttime they say it's daytime left right they're, they're just wired up a little bit differently and they don't fit into the ethos that you're creating and that's absolutely fine. But if you're trying to get all this to gel together and you've got somebody undermining you at every step, then you're just going to go round and round in circles. Um, so once you identify these people, 
Um, and there's a fantastic exercise. I think it's on page 38 of the book. It allows you to identify these people. Once you do identify them, you have to move them out of your business. Mm. You will never get team esteem um, if you've got hyacinths. And I mean, this is a topic for another day. There's it's, there's so much involved, even just with that. Um, but I have worked through the hyacinth process to get rid of hyacinths in my business. Um, I've also made the mistake of not getting rid of a hyacinth. And I learned the hard way, um, sort of three or four years later, um, the damage it did to my business mm. when they did finally leave and take a whole column of clients and and everything else. So I've I definitely am an advocate for once you spot these people, move them out of your business. And the hyacinth process lets you do it in a way that um, I haven't. And as far as I know, all of the um, salon owners that have gone through this process have never been taken. It's a very fair um process that works legally and it's you know it doesn't lead to tribunals and things like that so that's uh yeah read uh, read that chapter if you're having issues with some of those yeah but let's assume you've got hyacinths out of your business if you do follow this process where everybody is working sort of collaboratively um then you'll start to get this emotional security and this is where they feel like they belong. And this is where your team esteem starts to form. Yeah, because if you're tackling the problems, you know, if you were saying like that's where you, you tackle like one problem at the time before, you know, you can yeah. move on to things. But if you're tackling with the team and they feel safe to contribute, they're going to feel emotionally connected to that exactly. said problem, to the business, to making the environment that they're in better for themselves even just at the very exactly. very start but also exactly. for the business in general so they get that sense of like engagement I guess yes and it's so exciting and it's so rewarding as a business owner when they come to you with well we need to do this <sighs> and what if we did this and we could do that and and they're coming up with the ideas and they're coming up and you know they they then take that ownership and it also means when you bring new people into the team that there's already this team esteem there that they just get drawn into it naturally. And if they don't and they start acting like a hyacinth, then your team will they'll they'll be gone before you know it because your team yeah. will they they become very protective of what you've created together because it's an environment that is just so much more fulfilling for them as individuals and it's not about money rewards or all of that it's not about incentivizing and trying to motivate people these guys are doing this because they want to so if you think about it you just started on step 1 and all you got for the salary that you pay that person was their hands, basically. It's just the job. They're going to come in and go through the motions. Yeah. You get them up onto step two and you've now got their passion and their commitment thrown in for free because they're doing this off their own back. You're not paying them anymore to do this. Yeah. This is just coming. And step two is the crux of everything. And if you get the team to step two, they will automatically on their own hit steps three and four. 
because once you've got that emotional security, they will then, as a team, start taking responsibility. So they'll be responsible for their actions. They will be responsible for making sure everything's done to your vision, Mm. to the processes that you've created as a team, and they will protect them. And they will make sure that they're all working in the way that they need to be working, whether that's from an attitude and behavior perspective, as well as, you know, individual processes on how things get done within the business. But they start to feel that they're getting recognized and they feel successful and they feel like they belong. Yeah. And then automatically that will just happen. And if you don't muck it up and get in their way and actually let them do it, and this is where your control as a salon owner needs to step back, if you actually let them, and this I struggled with, it, it took me a while to get through to that last step because I didn't actually let go when I could have done. But once we did that and I got my own insecure behavior out of the way, then they'll take responsibility. um, And as a group, they will then Mm self-manage. And when you work with a self-managing team, it is, well, that's what's fulfilled my needs because I've now got a business that I know runs exactly the way that I envision and I would want it to run with a team of people that are a joy to work with who I enjoy working with and they enjoy working with each other and you just picture it imagine let's say I don't know you know you had a box of dominoes and let's say you pulled 20 dominoes out and you set them up all around the room and you want them to knock, you want to knock them all down. I've got to get up and walk to each domino and start knocking them all down. That takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time and it's, you know, emotionally draining. Um, your salon's exactly the same. Yeah. Now, imagine you set those dominoes up, up in a line and then you just flick over that first domino and they all just topple over. That's what managing a self managing team with team esteem that's what team esteem gives you because with that just tiny little bit of energy from you as the leader with that focus you just knock it off and they take the rest away all of that energy is spent and that means that for myself as a a business owner as a salon owner as the leader my head's now up high looking at the future I'm looking forward at where we're going I haven't got my face. I'm not there firefighting every day, worrying about, you know, how am I going to deal with this? What am I doing? I've got a business that I can see the future and take it forward and then bring that vision back to my team. And then they realize it and actualize it for me. Yeah, it gives you headspace to to think. We we often, I feel, underplay the the need for time to just think. Exactly. Um, and, And it's interesting because when you talk about how the team is self-managing, like if they feel empowered and uh, responsible for their own, you know, actions and how they contribute to the success of the business, then they're going to find more joy in also showing up every day and more joy coming from the team also probably means more joy for the clients at the end of the day. Exactly. If you've got a happy team, my, my job you know, you think 
I think about it, my job as a as a salon owner, as a biz, you know, business owner, my clients are my team. It's my job to make them happy. Mm. Because if I can make them happy, they will make my clients happy and then they will make my bank manager happy. <laughs> so it all starts in that way. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the big things. And that's, you know, it's, it's a question that I think a lot of salon owners have to ask themselves as well is, um, you know, what do you actually want out of your business? Um, what do you want to achieve? Um, if it's it's about treatments, if if you want your business to be about you, then ideally you need to not have staff. Um, you need to look at maybe getting back into doing your treatments and to make sure that you know your treatments are priced profitably, your overheads are low, and you can make a very very good living out of um working by yourself but if you want a salon that gives you a life and you want to grow a business and you need a team to do that if it's not going to be just you if it needs to be with a team then team esteem is the only way to do it um and i've learned that the hard way if you if you can't grow your people um you can't grow a business being a hands-on therapist within the business and try and do everything else. So you e- you either get team esteem so that your team works well and you don't have to manage them, so you can be in the treatment room, yeah. Or you 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 don't work with a team um, because if you've you know if you've got more than a couple of people there then team esteem is a concept that you really need to be bringing into your business so that you can get that fulfillment for yourself, whatever it will be. But, you know, to get rid of a lot of the headaches that I think most salon owners are going through. Absolutely. And for anyone listening, I really strongly recommend getting Kelly's book and reading specifically that chapter, if anything, um, but the whole <laughs> book in general, because I, I was just I was just telling Kelly earlier, um, I am personally a very, very big fan of books that also have like this workbook kind of experience into it. And that's exactly what she's done with this now. So it's um, definitely an I feel an eye opener kind of tool. Mm. Um, but I suppose to, to recap just a bit of what we've just talked about before we, we wrap up today's uh, chat, you say that to get the salon's emotional glue setting correctly, that salon owners must create that secure environment. Um, one of the examples you give in the book is by providing an emotionally attractive belief, idea or goal for the team to aim for or to live up to. Do you have any maybe like two or three extra tips for salon owners just to, you know, go off of and think about today um, at the end of this conversation? So the vision, I mean, that is the the biggest thing. What is the vision? What is it that you want from your business? Um, and share that with the team. So if they don't know where you're going, so like I've mentioned before, we looked at moving away from more beauty treatments and into an arena where we were working with more skin and advanced. Um, That was my vision. I needed to make sure that the team were on board. um, And that's what we decided on as a team and then how we would get there. So 
the trainings that would be needed um, to actually actualize what we wanted to achieve and to get them involved. You know, what what did they see? So you're giving them that top line. If they if they don't have that sense of belonging, if you haven't shared that that's what you're doing and it's just their day to day here we go, we're just doing the same old thing. If they don't really know what you're trying to get to, I mean, I completely shared this vision with them. It's like, why? Wow, the where I'm trying to get to is that I don't actually need to be here. This is where I need to yeah. get to. So guys, <laughs> what do we need to do to make that happen for me? Because obviously that's what's going to make me happy. But along the way, this is what will, will happen, which is actually going to make you happy. So it's, you know, just getting them involved is the biggest thing. It's, I sort of learned that the communication, you know, we all know communication is key, but communicating those beliefs, whether it's your, you know, your passion, your idea for the business, your dream, where you want them to go as a team, what you're looking at achieving, then bring that out for them so that they have something to visualize and they can see, you know, I often look at the analogy of like a jigsaw and I did a game with my team I had three jigsaws um and one of them had the wrong pieces in one of them had um pieces from another jigsaw and one um had all of the pieces in but the wrong lid so they the picture they were working towards so I was like right the person the group that gets their jigsaw finished the first wins and obviously none of them could finish it because it was all ridiculous yeah and they were like well that was just crazy you know but it was to prove my point of like well if you don't know where you're going you can't fit the it doesn't matter what pieces you've got without that picture that vision so that you guys can see where we're going then it's not going to work. You could have all the different pieces in the world, but you've got to be able to see that vision of where we're all going to get to and then getting them to buy into that vision with you. And if they don't, that's fine. That's not their vision. Then that's great that you're just not the salon for them. There's plenty of other places out there that have very different visions and very different goals. And there, you know, there's a whole array of different businesses out there. But what you want is you want to find your core people that have the same beliefs, values and passions as you, because then when you put all of you guys together, it's amazing what you can actually achieve. Yeah. Well, Kelly, this has been absolutely fantastic. And I personally really, really enjoy how visually, uh, how how you express those concepts so with such like powerful visuals, even though like we're talking, you know, we're not like sharing a screen yeah. or anything, but yeah, it just feels so visual and like so easy to comprehend. Like even just that example of the jigsaw, you know, so we're down to the thought starter question of the week. Are you happy with your current work-life balance? And if not, what would balance look like for you? That's interesting coming out of lockdown and having worked all of that uh, process in the past couple of years. Definitely. Definitely. The natural thought when you are running a business is coming from a place of desperation to like drive performance and drive business, right? But giving staff feedback is hard, isn't it? Well, the process of empowering teams to reach their goals and targets just got that much easier. Celebrate having a competitive edge with Forest's new staff performance tool. Give your team access to key metrics like revenue and transactions for services, product retail, and client booking. 
the new performance report is a form of way power that you're giving them and saying like, here's information in your hands. It's 24 seven access to their KPIs all from the Forest Go mobile app. Visit forest.com for more information. Work, I would say at the moment, my work life balance has changed um, because as I mentioned earlier, step two is the most important step of team esteem. And I feel that being away from the salon as a team for so long meant I needed to step back in just to reaffirm that team esteem within my team again even though we all know it we just we haven't been together and I really felt we needed that glue so I have been in the business a lot more than I had previously um but it's it was definitely what was needed and I can already see like you said what happens if bad habits come in and you go back down well I could see that straight away um as soon as we came back that it wasn't the same. We weren't as Mm. gelled. We all had fears, insecurities, you know, everything that went on with the pandemic. So, um, so I've stepped back in. So my work life balance, maybe not where I want it, but for the security of my team, for their happiness and mine, I'm quite happy with putting a little bit extra into the work side because the balance will soon be back, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I hope it does come back, you know, as soon as possible. Um, Kelly, for uh, anyone who wants to buy your book and connect with you online, where can they actually do that and how can they reach out to you? Um, my website is kellyshaw.me and on there is everything. It's got a link to purchase the book. It talks about um, my coaching and also you can get all my email um, details, contact details and everything on there as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, such amazing insights today. Really appreciate your time and uh, I'm sure a lot of A lot of salon owners will relate to this today. Uh, So if anyone wants to also share their thoughts on uh, what we've just shared and talked about today, please feel free to reach out to us. You can obviously reach out to Kelly directly or you can also reach out to uh, myself um, either um, on social media at Forest Salon Software, DM us or um, on forestfm at forest.com. Kelly, thank you so much once again. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak soon. But until then, good luck with the whole re-gelling the team and I hope you find (laughs) that balance soon thank you it's been great thank you ever so much for having me in forest related news and in line with this topic you can watch the replay of our recent live conversation featuring CEO Ronan Percival and VP of Global Education Stephanie Fox we hosted this session recently to talk about empowering high performance and motivating your team to reach their goals and the presenting duo gave a sneak peek of a feature that can help change the way you keep your staff engaged with said goals we had a lot of engagement received some amazing feedback so definitely one to catch up on the month of July also saw the launch of Forest's Instagram and Facebook book now button. And I know this is something you've been asking for. So yes, it is now live. We have a very informative blog on forest.com forward slash blog, uh, which includes a step-by-step guide if you're a forest client and you're looking to set it up. Um, it's very, very easy to set up. And if you want to have a read at that blog, it's full of tips to make the most of the feature. So get ready to turn your Instagram followers into paying clients and take bookings anytime, anywhere. 
One last thing before signing off, don't forget that you can always head over to forest.com forward slash FM to subscribe to the show's email newsletter and catch up on the transcripts for these episodes. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on the show or this episode specifically, if you have a question for Kelly, you can send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, we'll catch you all next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.